Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, a royalty consultant helping artists to collect on their value. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hi, welcome back to the IFR podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a manager's role with regard to neighboring rights. As a manager, the manager's job is to advise, not to do, but you can't advise unless you understand. So by talking about a manager's job within neighboring rights, hopefully we'll give you all that you need to know as a manager so you can advise your client what to do. Basically, by putting together this session, we're going to take out the main points and make Make it as easy as possible for you so that you can take these back to your artists and they understand the importance and exactly what is out there for them. Most people have got a handle on PRS and understanding the publishing side, but the minute you mention anything about neighbouring rights, PPL, sound exchange, anything, the response I have certainly witnessed is, well, I'm a member of PRS, I'm a member of ASCAS and so on, BMI. That's where we say, stop, let's have a conversation and explain to them exactly what they could be missing out on for their artists. That's actually correct because a lot of managers, they have interestingly a perception of PRS, of ASCAP, of the composition side of performing rights. But the minute we mention anything about neighboring rights, it kind of goes over their head. So can we talk about maybe from that perspective, what are the overlaps between publishing, performing rights, PRS, ASCAP, BMI, two neighboring rights, to talk about like the similarities between the two. Yeah, and the use of the word overlap is really good. They don't overlap, they sit side by side. It is the same activity that generates the income on the publishing side and on the recording side. So if you are getting publishing income and you're also the recording artist in addition to the writer, there's recording income for neighboring rights. The right for the performance in the recording neighbors the right for the performance royalty in the composition. Think of it this way. You're the recording artist and you're the songwriter. You see 20 quid sitting on the table for you for your public performance royalty as a songwriter. Take it. Just take it. PRS will give it to you. PRS is the one who put it on the table. Well, funny enough, PPL put that 20 quid on the table for you too. Why are you not taking it? It's that simple. It's your money. You have likely earned it. Just collect it. There is something called a grant of rights associated with it. If your sound recording is performed in public, that guarantees you a right to collect a royalty on that. The important thing is that as the manager, if your artist isn't collecting it, you're not getting your percentage and your commission on it. it isn't signed to a label, then your artist is also the rights holder and they must register the rights holder side as well as the performer side. Otherwise, nobody will ever get paid in most countries. That's right. So if your artist is a rights holder, so they own their own masters, as Stacey just mentioned, and they're distributing the recordings off a TuneCore or DistroKid, you need to be thinking to yourself, okay, these recordings are being posted on Spotify, Apple Music through DistroKid, TuneCore, but are they also registered at SoundExchange? And if the answer is no, then we need to have a discussion. But even within sound exchange, you have to register the rights holder side and the performer side. Correct. Yeah. It's important to do both. 
And it's equally as important to do that with PPL as well. If you are the manager, that should be the first conversation you are having with your artist. Let's talk about your catalogue. Let's talk about the repertoire. Let's identify if everything has been registered with PPL, for example. Now, maybe take a step back from that before you identify what is and what isn't registered. Are they members? Are they rights holders members of PPL? Because that is the first step to actually getting the repertoire registered is you need that account. You would have to go through the process. You can log in to the PPL website and choose the option to create an account as a rights holder. They talk you through it step by step. It's incredibly straightforward. PPL will process that application. It will take a couple of weeks and once you have access to their database you can then log in and register or the artist can log in and register any recordings to which they own the sound master copyright that is the most important thing to get those registered once you've identified those recordings the next step if they don't own the rights to sound master copyrights but they have contributed on recordings and they don't know about neighboring rights sit down with them and create a spreadsheet or pick up a pen and paper and list everything that they've recorded on absolutely everything no one is going to have done this for them or unlikely okay unfortunately it's unlikely if you're a very big artist then yes that may have happened but if you're an artist who predominantly performed in the 90s 80s 90s 2000s and so on it's it wasn't a priority it is seen more so now by the by the record labels they do understand the importance now to include artists on every recordings not to say that that's done correctly but that's another conversation to start with your artist sit down and create a list of everything they have performed on that's not just their own works but any other artists that they performed with as well all the versions all the remasters absolutely everything put that list together and like we did with the on the right shoulder side if they're not a member of ppl they need to log in to the PPL website and create a membership to do so. Managers should know it's free to register with these CMOs, these collection management organizations. So it's even better than on the publishing side. In the UK, whereas like in the US, we have this database that's external with SoundExchange. It's the ISRC database. So oftentimes when we start to represent a new client, what I do is I type in the artist's name and it generates a catalog of recordings for that particular artist. Does something like that exist in the UK? Is there a database that will generate that list for you to cross-reference what recordings are registered at PPL, what recordings are registered at SoundExchange? The only way to identify what has been registered on PPL is to actually search for it on their database. So you would either search for it via the recording title or if the ISRC code, which is the International Standard Recording Code, unique to every recording, Recording. If you are aware of that code, then that makes it a lot easier to search on the PPL database. Apart from that, it's Discogs or the internet. Quite often what I do is I search in PRS first because usually the songs are registered from the moment they're written, which is before they're recorded. And my artists are very good at registering the PRS themselves. When you register the PRS and you list all the songwriters, there is a tab in the data search for the recording. So you can click on the recordings or the audio works and some 
sometimes the ISRC code is listed and you can lift it right there. Other times when I'm registering a recording, either for myself as a label or to help out one of my artists, they ask you for the writers and the publishers and I can put in a CAE number, their writer number, and something will come up and populate itself when I'm registering the recording. There is an overlap there in terms of data, but we don't have the same ISRC database search function that you have. That would be very handy. Another thing it's good for managers to know is that the artist needs to be able to come to you with questions about the business of music. So the more you know about the business, the better a manager you will be. When managers come to me, they often come confused. They know that they they have to submit their registrations, but they don't necessarily know who collects what and how to register what. And after they have a session with me, they feel so much more empowered and informed. Just a basic understanding of the way income is collected and what their responsibilities are they feel so much more at ease because I feel like managers, they want to do right by their clients, but nobody has sat down and told them how to do right by their clients. The first time that two of my artists did their own PPL registrations, they came, we sat down side by side and I sat with them while they did it just till they got familiar with how to use PPL, how to register the recording first so that they only had to claim it on the performer side. And you always get the question, why do I have to register every instrument I played? And the answer is because it's money. Why would you not take every penny? It's different everywhere in the world. So take every penny you can get from Brazil, take every penny you can get from Spain, do the work now, and then it's passive income. Then you never have to do the work again to collect on that registration forever once you've made a claim then that's it that claim is there providing it's not queried for example by ppl because if you've claimed a contribution on high-valued recording then by rights ppl would want to ensure that that's correct and that you are correctly claiming your contribution and will request that you prove it and provide uh, some sort of evidence to them once you have done that your claim is there in the bank so to speak and you can move on. Don't just leave your account there. Do go back and check it. I would advise, you know, a couple of times a year, checking with it around about March and September time, which is usually the cutoff dates from PPL where they start collating the income usage ready for their payments throughout the year uh, in June and maybe again in December if there's an adjustment process. Check in with your account. Check all for any remasters, check for any new versions and ensure that everything that you've performed on has been claimed and check your role as well. If somebody else has entered that data, make sure they've entered it correctly. Don't entrust them to do it. The other thing as a manager that you will usually have, which will be very helpful here, is that evidence. You will have the label copy, either that the artist gave you and went through with you to make sure that they did it correctly, or you'll have it from the label if they're signed to a label. You'll have have copies of the artwork that needed approval. Keep all that evidence in a good file so that when PPL, if PPL asks for it, it's right there. It is one of the greatest things you can do because you are a business person as a manager and you want your artist to be free to create, to put more energy into creation than into administration. So the more you can do to take that burden off them, the more productive they'll be as creators. If you find that it's overwhelming for you and your artist, join IFR on the website, ifr.co.uk. And we have a list of representatives who can help you and do this work for you. If you can't do it yourself, there's always help out there.